so yeah thanks so much for doing this oh no problem i'm keaton and uh how do i pronounce your name is it jay yeah it's jay okay right on where are you at i'm actually in nebraska okay oh that's right that's right yeah about that i was born in denver so nice close-ish yeah i um, was raised in colorado springs so i definitely oh, know the yeah. denver area right on right on uh so you've had stage one rff yes yes right on and how far out of surgery are you um i'm actually going to be two months on the 19th of this month oh wow Super or two fun. years two years sorry oh, okay <laughs> yeah, two years on the 19th of of this month so okay right on so you've had plenty of time to acclimate oh yeah yeah and did you opt in to well tell me about what your stage one um tell me about what stage one uh you know i'm gapping out um, <laughs> tell me what stage one included okay um, so for me it was i had it surgery with dr chen so i had the phallus creation um vaginectomy urethral lengthening scrotoplasty um nerve hookup burial um, and then I did have glands done first stage. Um, however, it did unfortunately flatten out on one side. So I'm going back September 23rd, if all pans out well, um, and doing a revision on my glands, uh, diverticulum repair and a Mons reduction or lift. And uh, explain the diverticulum just for people who don't know um so for me it's basically a pocket um or a ballooning out of where like my old urethra and new urethra connect um so when you use the restroom or something it kind of like gets a lot of pressure you know you might have like some leakage or something throughout the time so you have to kind of push and all that kind of stuff to get the extras out but right. yeah it just presents to be a little bit of a problem you know right. your day-to-day -day kind of thing but not exactly the same as a fistula or a stricture correct yes um i do have a small stricture that actually kind of healed itself um for the most part so it's just the diverticulum now that's kind of like you know preventing the, the normal living at this point gotcha um, I know Chen doesn't usually do the glands on the first go. Um, is that like a recent change in his policy or what what prompted him to go ahead and do that for you? Were you just like, yo, let's just do what I want it? Um, he actually gave me the option, um, you know, and, and he pretty much said, I mean, the, all the people that I was around during that time, I actually stayed in the Quest house out there before they kind of closed. Um, so all the people who had surgery around me also had glands during the first stage so I don't know if maybe he was more of the hey you know this is kind of the the risk of doing it stage one you know take it as is or or what but yeah I mean he definitely gave me the option and I you know took it knowing you know it, it didn't flatten out too much it's just more so of at this point kind of like the aesthetic appeal yeah it seems like at some point since you had surgery he seems to put glands six months out as a stage two now oh yeah yeah, yeah. i mean that's definitely interesting because yeah that wasn't an option i mean it was an option but he didn't kind of like push for it or anything so how would you you know the famous question how would you rate your overall satisfaction <laughs> um overall satisfaction you know i i definitely am happy with my decision um 
there are some things that knowing now, you know, that I didn't know then, I think I probably would have done a little bit differently. But overall, you know, I'm definitely pleased with, you know, my donor site and, you know, kind of my choice of what I got. Awesome. Awesome. Well, definitely talk to us about, you know, what are those, those little things that you think you might've done differently? Well, for starters, um, I probably would have done, um, I had an option of doing like the mons reduction before even going for stage one. I didn't want to, at that time I was kind of, I have four kids. So it was like, you know, I don't want to take like, you know, go three months before and then go for like that big procedure and, and all that kind of stuff. So I kind of had to weigh my options at that point. Okay. Um, but I think I would have done the Mons reduction first just to kind of help that out a little bit. There was also more options of kind of having the stage one being more of a meta, just less to kind of heal from at first. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of spreading it out a little bit. I think I, I might have chosen those options. And then, of course, doing the delayed glands later on that way. I mean, the outcome would have been better um, and less risk of having it flatten out over time. Gotcha. Yeah. So you just think ultimately it just sounds like taking a more staged approach. Right, right. Taking a more staged approach now. Um, but then again, you know, I, I honestly, I've been blessed with not having as many complications as as a lot of others so that might have changed the outcome you know going under so much and dealing with like the urethral stuff so yeah doing ul and vaginectomy and stage one and glands like that's all a lot at once yes yes it definitely was a lot at once (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, it definitely was a lot at, at once um but i I am, you know, overall happy with the decision. Yeah, yeah, right on. How was your decision around burial? Were you just like, no big deal, let's do this? Or was that something that you really had to weigh out? Um, Burial for me wasn't really a a big deal. Um, You know, I kind of was just like, you know, might as well get it done. Um, You know, I I didn't really see, for, for myself personally, I didn't really see any cons against not doing it um or you know pros against leaving it leaving it alone you know I I just wanted to feel more aligned and and for me personally I think that that would have kind of been a little more triggering having you know like extra (laughs) 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 but but I mean that that's just my my personal is you know I mean I definitely see you know how a lot of people choose to leave it unburied but for me I mean it definitely hasn't affected sensation or anything like that yeah that's so awesome and interesting how you know the sensation just kind of picks up where it left off it seems like for a lot of people do you also have the common experience of you know just much more sensation at the base where it kind of feels like you're still kind of jerking off in a way that you would have before but it's just kind of through your phallus now instead of more directly or yeah. yeah no that definitely is um something that you you know you could feel it's kind of strange to say but it kind of feels as though you you still have like two mm. um because like you you have like a different type of sensation itself on like your actual phallus as opposed to like inside so I mean you could touch the tip and it feels like it's deep inside which is kind of interesting it it hasn't quite like aligned with okay I'm touching here and I know that I'm touching there as opposed to like it being somewhere else so there's a little bit of like referred sensation yeah yeah and you sort of feel it deeper yeah all right well it's awesome that you are feeling anything when you touch the tip because it sounds like some people's sensation 
struggles to get that far. And, you know, sensation is just such a weird thing to describe anyway. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it definitely is not even like, I can say that it's not the same type of sensation, you know, like if you were to touch your arm, you know, that feeling of you're, you're touching yourself. Um, this is more described it kind of like if your leg falls asleep a little bit mm. and you like touch that, that like tingly kind of thing, that's what it feels like. Okay. But good. But good. Yes, exactly. Okay. All right. All right. I imagine it as being a bit you know, more indirect. Yes. Like, like, I don't know, like, I don't know, jerking off through your briefs or boxers almost, but more, more skin like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I must say that that actually feels different than touching your actual skin for me. You know, the, the light touching through clothes seems a little bit more pleasurable than the touching direct skin contact even now even now yes just it is just like that i don't know like you say the indirect kind of contact mm -hmm. it just feels like more i don't know if it's because of there's more materials or something but yeah it just is more of like the erotic sensation with something in between the skin to skin interesting how is sex have you been are you partnered have you been doing that whole thing um, I've been married for seven years, okay. um, and, and I can say that that sex-wise now has been a little bit different, um, just because you know I am just after stage one, um, so you know finding things to you know cause the erection and to help it be more erect is definitely a little bit more difficult. You know, we've tried different types of sleeves and I've gotten the um, elator, which doesn't work very well for me, you know, a Coban thing, things like that. So um, we've definitely tried and it is more of the mental aspect of it for me now, you know, mm -hmm. just being able to you know, feel more complete in doing it as, as much as like we can't do it for long because, you know, you have that little slippage thing <laughs> or whatever. But, right, right. you know, it's, it's, it is more of a, a kind of like a teamwork effort now, you know, a lot of communications involved now, which wasn't really, you know, before. So right, gotcha. Is there any of those methods that you find are working more than others? Because this is also such a talked about topic of it seems like most people default to the coban and the condoms uh which you know honestly now i'm pre-op i i am in the process of of going for phalloplasty but i'm not there yet um i had a simple release several years ago and that's been fun but i'm ready for the next step but yeah in reading the threads and things you know i i i, I glimpse the occasional uh applause for sleeves or extenders I don't know that I've ever heard anyone talk about the elator working for them, but you know, of course there's probably somebody out there. Yeah. The Coban and the condoms, it just, I'm like, does this take away all the sensation though? Like, you know what I mean? Like what a, what a. <laughs> and, and, and you're right. It kind of does. Um, at yeah. least for me personally, yeah. um, it, it is more, I feel like it's more of a, of a hassle and more of like a, um a task you know you got to go and you know go wrap it and make sure it's not too tight not too loose you know and then yeah, put all these condoms on and <laughs> you know and then you, you get that material tugging and pulling and yeah i mean it's it's not the best to you for me sensation wise but it is the best for you know that erection 
you know, to be able to penetrate yeah. the, the later, you know, when you measure, you know, they send you the measurements and how to do it. It is more meant for cisgender males. So you're going to measure wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, they tell you to measure from your pelvic bone to the tip and then they send you something a little bit shorter, which is not going to work out. Because, I mean, our, we don't have, like, the extra skin to pull and all that kind of stuff. I mean, we, we get what we get. Yeah, gotcha. That makes sense. Are you planning to opt in for an erectile device? Um, I definitely think that I will. Um, I kind of weighed back and forth with that for quite some time. Um, but at this point, just kind of dealing with trying to find something that works, you know, still going through hundreds of dollars trying to find products to, to help with that. It kind of still mentally messes me up a little bit. Just like, okay, I, I went through all of this to be able to be all natural and I can't, <laughs> you know, so I, I do think that I, I will. Um, and if I do, I will be going with the pump for me, you know, my daily life, things like that. I, I really think that it would be a lot more, you know, convenient of just having that option of being completely flaccid or, you know, going for your different type of erection types. So, yeah. Yeah, 100%. And sorry, did you say you got scrotoplasty? I did. I did. Okay, right on. Um, I wanted to talk about healing. Yeah, talk about your timelines around healing and let's just start there. Um, so for me, um, I kind of feel like I, I healed maybe a, um, too quick. Um, so I was in California for a week prior to um, the surgery date. Um, had surgery, like I said, on the 19th of June of 2019, stayed in there, the hospital for that five days as, as normal. Um, I struggled a little bit with that because of like the narcotics and stuff. I really felt like out of it, kind of not myself, you know, real foggy and fuzzy and things like that. Um, so like that first time where they wanted you like get up and get in the chair, like I had to postpone that to the next day because like I couldn't, I couldn't physically pull myself to get out of the bed. Every time I did, like I was just sick. It was terrible. Um, Sick, like nauseous? Yeah, yeah, I was really nauseous. I mean, they have you hooked up to like the morphine thing. There was, uh, unfortunately, there was a mix hap with, um, you know, me telling them, hey, I'm allergic to Vicodin. Um, it makes me nauseous, makes me kind of feel drunk without being drunk. And I got Vicodin, unfortunately. They gave, they gave me Vicodin. So, um, sure to give him Vicodin. <laughs> yeah, so that, that was probably a lot of my issues is, you know, I was given the wrong medication. But then like when it came time to like walk down the hall that one day before going home, like I was able to do it, felt so accomplished. By the time I got back to the um, Quest house at that time, um, you slept for like the first day or two. By day nine, I actually was at the mall, kind of walking around still, like (laughs) cathetered up, things like that. Um, I did a lot of walking, which, you know, slow walking and stuff. I feel like that kind of got my blood going and things like that. Um, I did have one wound separation um, right behind my scrotum. But doing walking and like blow drying and like cleaning and stuff, it healed within like three or four days. On my pee trial, I was able to, you know, pee just fine, got my catheter removed 
and was able to go home on my third post-op instead of my fourth post-op. I didn't have any of the Integra. Dr. Chen and Dr. Watt doesn't do that. Um, so my arm healed up fine as well. I had like one troublesome spot that I saw my hand therapist with. Um, but other than that, like I got my full range of motion back in my arm pretty quickly. Wounds healed pretty quickly on my arm. The only issue that I had had after that was kind of like scary to me is because I got my glands done that first, you know, first stage, I did have an issue with like where it had necrosis on that one side, which kind of traveled around through the back. So I had to see like a wound doc for that as well, but no leaking from it. So that was good. And mm -hmm. they said they prescribed some sylvadine, which is like a blessing way better than the meta honey that I was using. Um, healed up from that in a week and I've been, you know, pretty good with that. So, I mean, I was back at work within six weeks. Wow. Nice. A little bit of necrosis. So that was able to just heal. They didn't actually have to like remove tissue. Correct. Yeah. It actually just kind of like turned like a black kind of like scab right. and just like fell off. Okay. And then just doing, you know, regular cleanings and applying the ointment and stuff. It, it healed up on its own. So oh, I was definitely lucky that I didn't have to, cause I was really nervous. Yeah, no doubt. That's like a word that I think like freaks us all out. Honestly, I didn't know until just right now that like you could have some of that, that it could just kind of clear up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it definitely cleared up. I'm, you know, I have like a little bit of like harder scar tissue or whatever, where that spot was, mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't present to be a problem. It's not like something that I have to look at because it is under, you know, on the underside on the tip. So it's, it doesn't really, it's not noticeable at all for me. Good, good. So with your arm, uh, it's fantastic that it's healed so well and you have full range of motion. Do you experience any weakness? Like, does it get tired faster or anything like that? Or do you feel like you're pretty much on par as you were before? Um, I don't notice that it gets it tired easily um, or any weakness. I do have more of a sensitive area on it. Um, and still a little swelling from time to time. So I noticed it a lot if I drink caffeine. Mm -hmm. um, so cutting myself down on not having any soda, um, things like that, you know, my hands stop swelling. Um, but yeah, I do definitely have a, a tender spot. So I don't know, right here. Oh, okay. yeah, but other than that, I definitely have like full range of motion. All, everything is good. So does anyone ever hassle you about like, hey, what's up? You know, some, some people really fret about that. Um, you know, you do have people that ask like, hey, what's up with your arm? You know, what happened? Oh, um, it's just like, yeah, you know, I had a skin graft for her. It, it's personal, you know, I got bit by a shark. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. It's just like, if I know you, cool, I'm going to, you know, tell you what's up. But I mean, other than that, it's not really... Not a huge deal, right? It's, it's, it's really not, you know, you see people all the time who have scars and stuff from whatever. So, you know, no, I don't lie and say I got like burnt or any of that. It's just skin graft or, you know, had, a, had to have surgery done on it. 
Hey, just a quick break to remind you that Mod Love, the podcast you're listening to right now, is part of Mod Club. And you can find and join the Mod Club at clubftm.com. It's free to join. The site is still new, but we've got an awesome surgery results gallery that's growing all the time. And among other fun features, we've got an affiliate shop. In our affiliate shop, if you find anything you want from early to bed and you follow the links to check out at earlytobed.com, then enter Mod Club at checkout and get 10% off your order. Back to the show. Yeah, there are pretty like blanket but honest ways to exactly. address it and move on. Yeah, and I am sarcastic. So, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, it's really wrong. I got bit by a shark, you know, or yeah. I didn't eat my vegetables. Like, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know what to tell you. Right on. Yeah, so when we were talking about sex, I wanted to ask about blowjobs. Um, so I actually haven't, um, for me, it's, it's a little more, I don't know. It's kind of like a little bit more of an embarrassment because I do have like the diverticulum. So for me, I'm just like constantly worried. Oh my God, did I just pee? <laughs> you know, kind of thing. But no, I know I definitely, I haven't, um, it's not, I don't know. I, I fear, you know, even if I didn't have that, that the sensitivity isn't quite there to be able to actually feel full on. I think it would be more of like the mental aspect of, you know, yes, I have a penis and yes, these things are happening. No, for real. And, the, and those things play a big role. Um, talk to me about your decision-making leading up and how, how long were you researching phalloplasty and, you know, how did you sort of come to the decision of Chen and RFF and things like that? Um, so I, those years, I'd say like five, maybe 10 years of just kind of researching, you know, once like I realized everything, I mean, I started transitioning both in high school. Um, and so, you know, once I was able to have hormones, then it was like, okay, let's focus on this, you know? And so like, I focused on my energy on the next thing. Um, and then after like all of that, like, that's when my energy started focusing a lot lower surgery. And that started in like, 2000 and uh, 2010 because that was when my top surgery was finished so yeah I called different surgeons and just kind of talked to a lot of people um, thank goodness for like Facebook groups and things like that you know and trans bucket at first I, I was going back and forth between fallow and meta um, I couldn't really decide what was going to be best for me, you know, and then I, I did more research and, and talked to a lot of people and, and some people, you know, they had great outcomes, you know, with having, you know, just a meta, um, but their growth was a lot, you know, more sufficient than mine was. And then the, the people who kind of was built the same as, as myself and, you know, had relatively the same growth, they're like, you know, for me, it kind of felt like it was the opposite. Is, is kind of what they said, you know, they felt like they were smaller than what they were before. Yeah. Um, and so at that point, I kind of, you know, made that that kind of tough decision on, okay, so fallow is definitely it. And then it was kind of a no brainer for me for having RFF. Um, I have larger legs. So having ALT was not going to be an option didn't really know too much about the other um techniques like mld or any of those until you know 
recently, really, um, because ALT and RFF were, you know, like top two options, you know, a lot of people had it, things like that. When it came to chin, um, you know, I called around to a lot of surgeons. Um, I actually had two surgery dates kind of back and forth, had to cancel um, both back in. So the first one was in 2015, had a date with Dr. Chin, um, didn't have anybody to go with me, you know, didn't have kind of like that support system, didn't have, didn't know anything about like the Quest House or any of the other like health people to help you out. Um, so I just kind of canceled it. And then I had another surgery date with um, Dr. Kuhn. And for me, having their type of staged procedure uh, mentally, I wasn't able to kind of deal with that. Um, so then I just rescheduled with Chin and, and I definitely am, am happy with my decision for sure. He is like the best, <laughs> the best guy ever. Yeah, I have a video where I interview him and I'll be doing a second video with him soon. And he is fantastic to talk to. I can say that yeah. everybody who's had surgery with him seems to just rave about it. Tell me about the, uh, the staged procedure with Kuhn. What was turning you off there? Um, so for that, basically what they, the, the type of procedure was just phallus creation, you know, at first, nothing, nothing else for me. And that, that would have been, you know, for a good six months or so of just kind of just having a phallus kind of over everything else. (laughs) Um, and for me, I, I, yeah, I, I, I just couldn't, couldn't like come to terms with that being my body for that long. And they weren't really willing to kind of like go a little bit further for me, mm-hmm. you know, like, Hey, can we at least do like the vaginectomy with that or, you know, anything else? So unfortunately, you know, that just wasn't a good fit for me. Makes sense. Tell me about the Quest House. Is this something that's defunct only because of COVID right now or... Um, unfortunately, no, there were some other kind of underlying things about like the HOA or whatever out there that didn't allow for sublets to happen. So unfortunately, they got kind of closed down, which is terrible. Was it just like a big rooming house where guys would go recuperate? Yeah, so it was a house. Um, you know, he he owned a house out there, rented a house out there, and you'd rent a room and he would offer, you know, to be a caretaker for you, you know, other people caretaking and you just stay with other guys who had surgery with you. Yeah, it was it was a great um, you know, I, I'm definitely glad that I was able to. It was a great experience, you know, being there with people who had like surgery already and like further out and had stage two or back for revisions or meta or whatever. I mean, I probably would have never met so many trans guys in my life if it wasn't for that. (laughs) The place in Montreal, which is where I had my simple release, they have a private residence on the grounds. And I don't know how many people can stay there, probably around 10-ish. It's not huge or anything, but um, it is super beautiful. And it's just trans people, trans women and men. And yeah, they cook for you. The nurses are on site. The doctor visits you, and it just makes everything like so chill and easy. And it, it's yeah. all just built into the price and everything like that. So you don't have to. That's pay. nice. They pick you up from the train station or the airport. And they take you back. It's really like yeah, all in one 
really you just book surgery and they just take care of everything else. That that's great. I mean, unfortunately, this was something that you do have to pay like extra for because I mean they're not doctors; they're just you know other people who's kind of been around. But yeah, I mean, it was definitely a great experience for sure. That's awesome. Sounds great. Yeah, tell me about people always want to know about insurance. You know, was this just like employer insurance or? Yeah, I actually was working for Capital One um, Mm -hmm. at the time, so I did have Anthem Blue Cross covered it. I mean, I did have to have like, you know, the letters of, yes, you're mentally capable of doing these things, yada, Mm -hmm. yada. But yeah, I mean, I submitted my insurance. Um, They did it, I believe it was 90 days um, before um, your date, they go ahead and get the authorization for it, let you know, okay, yes, your insurance approves it. Um, you go in for your surgery and then, you know, you get a bill for whatever's left. You know, luckily for me, um, my out-of-pocket max was super low, so $2,500. And then your your deductible, I think at the time was 600 So I think my total bill for like over $100,000 surgery was like $3,200. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. And so how do you feel like, like, do you feel like the surgery has sort of like fundamentally shifted the way you feel about your body, yourself, your transition, your identity, anything like that? Or is it sort of like a nice like cherry on top? Or do you feel like it's been sort of, you know, a deeper revelation and connection, anything you want to say along those lines? Um. So for me, it really did open my eyes and like kind of open the door for um, like self-love you know I wasn't I I don't have to constantly like worry about like oh you know does this sock in my pants or just like everyday things you know worrying about what to wear or how to dress or if I'm walking manly enough things like that you know it, it really is just like something that I get up get dressed you know don't even have to worry don't think about it you know it's it's more of the I'm confident I know what's there regardless of if who sees it it is like a, a humbling experience knowing that you can go through all of this stuff before, um, you know, your life. I'm, I'm 33. So I dealt with 32 years of, you know, living my life as the wrong gender and then being blessed with, with feeling complete for once. Yeah. So you really echo that, that feeling of completeness after lower surgery. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And you know, it is so much more than sex, you know, so it's like, there's these annoying trade-offs with sex, you know, as it seems from talking to most people, but then, you know, that's, that's sort of an, it's, it, it, it sh- I don't want to say it shadows, but you know, the, the much bigger piece is what it's doing for ourselves. Right. And, and- oh yeah, for sure. I mean, even though, you know, my wife and I don't have sex as much as, you know, I thought we would, um, she's even echoed the fact she's like, Hey Jay, like your confidence has just gone up. Like that's attractive, mm-hmm. you know? All right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, just seeing other people see that, you know, just something simple like that, um, you know, just being complete makes you confident to others. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it kind of, it definitely made it worth it for me. Yeah, no, I, I can completely understand how that would work out. And, you know, even after, like, for myself and for probably most people, like, after top surgery, it's like, because it's so meant to be, it's like you just adapt to it and it's just like, 
all right, what else can I do? Like this feels yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And I mean, regardless of the scars, it's just like I worked hard for those scars, you know. Yeah. Like I dealt with all the pain and and the ridicule from others and the judgment, but yet I'm still standing here and I'm I'm okay. Yeah, nice. Um, when you mentioned uh, choosing RFF, I know I'm jumping around a little bit, but when you mentioned choosing RFF and you were like, you know, I have bigger legs and so that meant ALT was out, do you mean that you were trying to avoid like a lot of debulking or? Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, the, for me um, in high school, I was in marching band. So my legs are large, you know, um, walking around and things like that. So it, it would have been extreme debulking, you know, probably 10 to 12 different, you know, surgeries. Um, and with just the, the debulking alone, I mean, because I have larger legs, I mean, that could have definitely put a damper in, you know, and, and created more complications due to blood flow or, you know, not being able to have um, urethral lengthening or, you know, any of those things. Yeah. And ALT, you know, the, the double tube when you want urethral lengthening is it really can stretch out the surgeries as well. Mm -hmm. um, so I just wanted to make sure I was understanding you correctly on that point. Were you using urinals before surgery? Or are you using them now? Um, so I did try a few times before surgery. Um, you know, I, I spent well, thousands of dollars on different like prosthetics and stuff just to pee my pants. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I definitely can use urinals now. I don't worry about somebody checking over it, you know, worrying about, oh, you know, can they see anything? It's not, you know, it definitely feels right, you know. Right on, right on. Going back to like the forums and, and things briefly, like, yeah, I'm really interested in people's feedback because I haven't really set up the mod club with all the ideas that I want to do yet because it is very fresh. Um, I just launched it late December. And so it's really just sort of, I'm still feel like I'm building out just like the foundation the framework, but, but I really want to try to build it out so that it makes bottom surgery a little bit more efficient and a little bit more just helpful. Um, I, I do think the Facebook groups are fantastic and, you know, all the, all the resources that we have are fantastic. We need everything we can get. Oh, for sure. Um, so it's definitely not about downplaying anything that's out there, but I also just kind of feel like there's, you know, like people are asking the same questions 10,000 times. And then, you know, mm -hmm. people who have had surgery are answering those questions 10,000 times. There's a little bit of, I think, subjectivity as well with people, you know, I, I wonder like how often are people making important decisions about their bodies based on the subjectivity of, who answered the questions at that time, um, things like that. It kind of seems like, it, it, it's almost like there's this bipolarness of the information that's out there around, um, there's like a lot of like 101 articles these days that I, I'm noticing are popping up more and more on like more mainstream medical websites. Like what is phalloplasty? What is metoidioplasty? And then we've got the like academic journals, right? That we have to try to <laughs> read through. And to navigate through, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm old school like you, where like back when I started bottom surgery research, I was, you know, it was just Yahoo groups. I don't know if you're that old school, 
Um, oh. I am actually in all of the Yahoo groups. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> so back then it felt like that's all there was. Those have all been shut down, by the way. Uh, yeah. Yahoo just killed that, but no one cares because of Facebook. But but yeah, so I'm hoping in the future to to kind of like bridge that gap. And I'm just wondering, you know, if you if you agree that there's also kind of some things that we could do to improve the experience of determining like who's the right surgeon and what's the right procedure for people. And I don't know, just, just trying to sort of hone it in. Yeah, you know, I mean, it definitely is a lot, you know, mentally on somebody. I, I know that I, I experienced that and, and you probably did too, just feeling like all this overwhelming amount of like information um, and just having to kind of like, jump through this hoop and that hoop to try to get to this information you know um i mean if there was a way to kind of make those things easier i mean it definitely would help for other generations you know to be like okay you know here's kind of a template or whatever i mean unfortunately we can't tell you know what's going to be good for somebody else's body or or you know what's good for one person because i mean we don't know but just kind yeah. of like a general okay well top five surgeons who do this these are the insurances you know just kind of having that definitely was a lot mentally and you kind of feel overwhelmed on top of you know everything else that you got to try to dig through of, of finding where to start yeah for sure and and then you have to kind of separate out like what's rumor and what's fact and you know exactly stuff. Um, exactly it's a lot. and you know and i don't know honestly like how much i'll be able to improve it or and how long that will take and things like that but but that is the goal and you know i invite anybody at any time if they have ideas or contributions they just like shoot me a message and be like hey you know I have my own ideas and things, but like I said, it's going to take a while to roll out. But in the meantime, I kind of haphazardly started this channel and the podcast, which I'm, um, it's just the same content. So I'm uploading to both. Uh, it's been really fun. And I, and I think, you know, this is a good opportunity as well to just like let people see the conversations kind of in full format, you know, Whereas right. Facebook, it's just kind of, you get these little snippets all over the place, right? And it's just like, and everything gets buried so quickly. So, <laughs> you know, this is a cool chance to just like, you know, let people say like, you know, everything they want to say at once. Mm -hmm. So on that note, you know, is there anything that I should have asked or anything that you want to make sure to include? Um, I mean, for me, you know, something that, you know, just kind of, making sure everybody gets, you know, all the information, like take that time, you know, don't rush into making a decision based on somebody else's experience. If, if you feel that you, you know, like myself, if you feel maybe a doubt that you should have had a staged procedure, you know, maybe think about it and be like, weigh those options. You know, this is a, this is a journey, you know, it's not a race and you're going to have to take it one day at a time because it's going to get overwhelming, but it is definitely worth it, you know, in the end for sure. Yeah, that seems to be the resounding message for most. So it's very, it's very reassuring and good to hear. So yeah, I don't think I've got anything else. Uh, thanks so much. Like, oh, no problem. Super fun chatting with you. Excellent. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, me too. Take care, man. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.